Welcome to C3 San Diego. Need something fresh, real, and powerful in your life? Connect with us on social media, get live stream service notifications, podcasts, and up-to-date information on upcoming events. We are so glad you're joining us for a powerful, life-transforming message from one of our C3 San Diego pastors. We would love to hear about how God is impacting your life through this ministry. Please share your experience with us at info at c3sandiego.com. If you'd like to be a part of what C3 Church is doing in the city of San Diego and beyond, you can contribute financially by going to c3give.com and choosing the giving option that works best for you. We hope you enjoy this message. This is fantastic. Worship team, thank you again so much. You guys are all of you incredible. You've allowed something to come out of you that a lot of people don't love, don't allow to come out. And by the way, if you haven't, if you have not purchased the new C3 recording, it is Ginger and I's absolute favorite. It's one of the greatest. I've, I'm, I'm serious. It's one of the best I've ever heard. It is incredible. So let's just give the worship team and that new album a big hand clap. My God, my God, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you so much. Um, it's just it's fantastic to be here. Just a big shout-out, of course, to Pastor John and Becky and their, their, their love. I just love their, I love their openness. They're just, they just are who they are, and authenticity is so great. Charles and Tessa, we love you guys. I mean, just incredible, just love being here. And, of course, we just, we, our heart goes out. We love Pastor Jurgen and Leanne and the tremendous culture that they've created right here at uh, C3 San Diego, all over the campuses. New campuses starting up, just the beginning, just the beginning. You know, I had no idea that um, uh, until just recently when Colby sent me something that the theme or the, 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 the today was Shredder Sunday. I had no idea, no idea. Uh, and, and I'm glad I didn't because I had a thought that I think I got from God, a thought, and it happens to be the exact scripture, thought, everything, in fact, and anyhow, anyhow. So uh, several years ago, I was, uh, I was flying back from the Philippines, and you know, it's a long flight. You go from uh, Manila, L- L- uh, L.A., and so on and so forth. So I'm reading the airplane magazine, and I read about a guy by the name of Alfred. Never forgot the story. Alfred was born in Stockholm, Sweden in 1833. The guy was brilliant. He graduated from a major university in Stockholm, came to America, a major university, became a chemist, an inventor, and a linguist. By the time he was in his mid-30s, he was the guy that invented dynamite. He later on uh, built the first uh, uh, mercury fulminite detonator and the projectile propellant. Whatever that is. <laughs> but he's the guy. He's the guy that did it. In 1888, Alfred had the shock of his life. He was reading the newspaper, drinking some black coffee. When he happened to be looking through, as his habit was, the obituary column. And he saw his name. Wouldn't that shock you? You know, you're kind of, I'm still here. I mean, it's him. Had a photo of him. The obituaries. Now, he recognized very quickly what had happened. See, his brother 
had just passed away. And evidently the newspaper got him and his brother turned around and they published his obituaries. But what shocked Alvin, this is, this, he got, what shocked him was not so much that he was in it because he quickly figured out why he was there. But what shocked him is what they said about him. You know, sometimes we need to be shocked. We need to be awakened. Something has to move us out of normality. It's easy to get stuck. And you got to get something. He was shocked. And because he was shocked because of what was written about him, he made a decision. He decided to do one thing. That's the name of my message, one thing. One thing. I was in a service one time, and the guy before me was going, we had a short service. They had all these, 26 speakers. Can you imagine 26 speakers in two days? It's nerve-wracking. And then I, I was a speaker plus an MC. And so I had, uh, so the guy, the, the guy before me, I'm watching my, I'm, he said, I've got 15 leadership points from Ecclesiastes. I can't remember. I can't remember 15 things. I just don't do it. That's why I like one thing. Just one thing. I'm good with one thing. I mean, five things, forget it. Three, I maybe, but one. I can do one. What shocked Alfred was what they said about him. He made a decision. A decision is the starting point towards all achievement. You got to come to grips. Something has to alert us, awaken us, stir us, aggravate us. Sometimes you got to get mad. Sometimes you got to reach deep on the inside and say, enough is enough. I'm drawing a line in the sand. And he made a decision that day. Because what the article said is that Alfred, through his inventions, was was increasing, or they, they were all done for the advancement of war. And he never had any intention. He was doing things for the advancements of civilization, not for the advancement of war. And he made a decision that day that he would never be seen in that light again. And today when you hear his name, Alfred Nobel, you don't think of war, you think of the Nobel Peace Prize. He made a decision. And that's what Paul refers to in the book of Philippians. It's a tremendous verse. Chapter 3. Pull it up. Pull up. I want to look at it. Philippians chapter 3. Look at this. Look at, look at it. He said, brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended. In other words, I, I don't know it all. There's a lot I don't know. I love the humility of that. But, it's a big but right there. But. Now look at this. Watch this. One thing. You got you to look at this. You got to look at this. I do. I do. He took personal responsibility. He wasn't blaming somebody. No victim mentality. No victim status here. I do. I'm taking responsibility over my own behavior, over my own life, and I'm going to rise up and I'm making a decision today, this one thing I am going to do. It's one thing I do. Watch this. Now listen. Let me come back. One thing. One thing. 
You say, but, there, but it looks like there's more than one. No, there's one thing. <laughs> this is important because it's one thing that contains three elements. But it's only one thing. And if you think it's three things, then you'll pick and choose. And the moment you pick and choose, it doesn't work. It's a unit. It's like an egg. It's one thing, but it's got three elements within it. But it's one thing. He said, forgetting those things which are behind. Reaching to those things which are ahead. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Forgetting. That's the first thing, forgetting. Now listen, 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 listen. None of us, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I want to slow that, I want to slow some of this down because I want us to grab it. See, none of us, none of us, none of, none of us see things as they are. We think we do, but we don't. We see things as we are. That's why when Paul prayed for the church at Ephesus in what we call this Holy Spirit-inspired prayer, one of the things he said, he said, I pray that the eyes of your heart would be enlightened, would be unclouded, would have something removed so they can see. Because we don't see through these. These are reflectors. We see internally. We don't see through here. We don't see things as they are. Grandpa was laying on the couch Sunday afternoon. He had two grandsons, mischievous. He was taking a nap. He had a big mustache. They opened up the refrigerator. They found some Lindberger cheese. It's the closest thing to the smells of hell that exist. They smeared it on his mustache. Grandpa woke up. He started sniffing. He said, my God, it stinks in here. He went to the kitchen. Sniffed around. He said, it stinks. He went to the bathroom. He said, it stinks in here. Went outside to the porch. He said, my God, the porch stinks. <laughs> went out to the front yard, began to smell. He said, my God, he said, the whole world stinks. <laughs> the only one that stunk was Grandpa. Because when you stink, the world stinks. Because we don't see things as they are. We see things as we are and the difficulty is my life gets gets toxicity built into it because of the garbage of the past and I begin to carry that and, and it, it, it convolutes me I don't see what I should be seeing any longer I'm bringing in the pain the hurt the difficulty the busted relationship the abused words that were spoken the the things that didn't go as they should the goals that were never met the dreams that were never fulfilled and I dragged that in now listen this is important as important as the past was this is a good thought just a great thought I, I want you to grab this that's why so you know I don't, I don't want to say things too fast you say things too fast people don't get them you know, preaching is like eating. You never feed a meal to somebody unless they're hungry. You wait until the saliva is running down their face. And they're saying, is it ready? And you say, almost. 
And then when it comes, oh, my God. You ever seen anybody eat ribs? You don't eat ribs dignified. You have a hot towel. You have a wet towel and a dry towel. And you just wipe it. Because it's running down. The barbecue's running down. In Jesus' name. Now listen to me. As important as the past was to bring me to my present, dramatically more important is my present that brings me to my future. But the difficulty with so many of us is we take the disappointments of yesterday and we drag them into the present. And when we drag yesterday into today, it becomes the material of tomorrow. And my life recycles itself. And a lot of times we don't get off. And you watch people that just have the same difficulties, the same issues. It just might take six or eight or ten months, but they're right back to where they were. That could be us. Something happens. And we just, we just, we're like the children of Israel. They leave, they leave Egypt to go to the promised land. They get stuck in the wilderness just like Frodo was stuck in Middle Earth, you get stuck somewhere and you begin to walk in a circle. It takes 11 days to go from Egypt to the promised land. They stayed there for 40 years. They walked in a circle, a circle for 40 years because it's, it's a picture of life. We tend to walk in circles. We have the same relational conflicts. We move on. We go somewhere else. Same relational conflicts happen. You have the same boyfriend that abuses you, and then you get rid of him, and you get another guy. He starts abusing you because the difficulty is not on the outside. The difficulty is not letting go of something on the inside. Until something is let go, something internally changes. The external keeps on happening. They couldn't get rid of Egypt, so they stayed in this circle. We can't get rid of the past, so we stay in a, in a circular motion, but we never make it. We think we've made advancements because it's a circle, but we really are at the same point we've always been. We've got to cut the umbilical cord of yesterday and say enough is enough. There's no time machine. I can't go back and right or wrong. Do, have I made mistakes in my past? Yes! Did I do things I would regret, that I, that, 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 that I regret? Yes. There's no perfect life. Have I said things? Yes. Have I done things? Have I demonstrated actions towards people that I shouldn't? Have I said words and thoughts and ideas? Have I had conflict that I wish I could have avoided? Absolutely. But I've got to come to the conclusion that I can't go back and change what happened. So I've got to stand up to it and cut that thing and say, I've got today. And today I'm going to give it my best. I'm going to pour my heart, my life, my energy, because God only gives life in days. And I'm going to put my best into today. God will take the material of today and he will construct my future. There was a building. There was a building years ago in London. They had to remove the building, bring it all the way down, get rid of it. They had to build a road. So they got rid of it, brought it all the way down to dirt. And then the, 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 uh, the rains came, so they couldn't work. After the rain, the sun came out, and something happened. These flowers began to germinate and pop out of the ground. They'd never seen them before. So they called in a botanist. They said, where are these things from? 
He studied them. He said, it's amazing. He said, these flowers came from seeds that were brought here 2,000 years ago by the Romans. They somehow worked themselves into the soil, and then the soil got covered. But it wasn't until that building was removed. It wasn't until it was excavated and brought down to dirt level, and all that old was taken out, that this new was able to spring forth. When the old is removed, the new comes. That's what Isaiah said. In Isaiah chapter 43, verse 18 and 19, he said, forget the former things, neither remember the things of old. Behold, I, the Lord, will do a new thing. It will spring forth. Shall you not know it? The old, the new can only come. There's, there's, there's stuff, there's seeds in us. There's seeds of vision. There's seeds of faith. There's seeds of hope. There's seeds of a future. There's seeds of marriage. There's seeds of dreams. There's, they're lying, but, it, but they can't germinate. There's no sun. There's no rain. There's nothing that can reach them because they're being covered up by the regret of yesterday. I've got to cut that thing. And then it pulls it out of my life, and then something springs out. Are you with me? Are you with me? And then, and then I love what he says. Then I love what he says. And then he said, reaching. See, you got, you, you got to, you, you, you can't stop with forgetting. The moment you and I stop with forgetting and we think, yeah, that's it, that's it, I'm cutting it, I'm cutting it, you create a vacuum. Create a vacuum. And when you create a vacuum, the old always comes back. That's why the next thing you say is, that's why it's one thing, because the filling is in the reaching. It always has been. The whole premise of Christianity is to give, is to reach, is to take what I've got and give it and lay it down, give it away. He that has the most gives the most of what he has. What you hang on to, you'll lose. What you give, you'll have forever. It's always in the giving. And it creates a vacuum, a vacuum. Years ago when... My wife was, she was a church, she was, she used to head up our worship team. And so it was on, it was, uh, so I was with the kids, they were little. And I read about this experiment. So I thought, I'm going to try it now, Ginger's gone. <laughs> so I got a, I got this vase, you know what I'm talking about, you know, those, with those long, with them skinny necks on them, you know, those vases that could big here, and then they come up like this, and then they kind of get wider, you know what I'm talking about? And I hard-boiled an egg, <laughs> took the shell off. Then I took some newspaper, and I lit it. First time I did it, I lit the thing, and the, it, it kind of went out and it went on the carpet, began to light that on fire. So I, I stomped that. I told the kids, I said, don't tell your mother. Don't tell your mother. I'll kill you. So I'm going to do it again. So I lit this newspaper and I stuck it down inside that glass vase. And then you take, you take the egg. It's hard-boiled. It's like a cork. And you stick it on top like a cork. And then you watch it. And the newspaper was burning. And it was sucking the oxygen. And right towards the end, I mean, this is so cool. I'm watching this. I can still see it. And I'm watching this thing. And all of a sudden, it started hissing. And the egg just went, it went, and it sucked the egg to the bottom. The egg got real long. And I went, 
Wow. <laughs> so then I got a skillet. I thought, I'm not stopping now. And I put that down on the stove and heated it up. I mean, red. And I got a lid. I mean, one of those big, thick lids that you couldn't put a bullet through. And I turned the gas off and put the lid and it sealed. And the lid sucked. I mean, it, it, just, it just mutilated the lid like that. Just, oh, yeah. I'm, I, yeah. And, and when Ginger came home, I said, look at that. What would you do that for? That's cool. You see, if we just cut off the past, we create a vacuum, we start sucking in stuff we don't want. We suck back and we get worse. Then we mutilate ourselves. We just suck in. So you got to reach. You got to start reaching. It's so powerful. It doesn't take a genius to touch a human being. It just takes a compassion in your heart and just seeing one person. Jesus, I will say this to people. Jesus never preached to crowds. He preached to people. He saw people. He always saw the one. You never noticed that? We read, we've got the four gospels. We read about all the miracles. And what always stands out in my mind when I read about them is all the miracles that we talk about were one-on-one. They were always one-on-one. They weren't. They weren't, they weren't crowd miracles. They were that one, that one person that touched them. That one person he went after. That one person that called out to him. They were always one on one. That's how God sees us. So you got to reach people. You and I have no idea how far our reach is. That's why the Bible said that you can never measure a man or a woman's life based on the duration of their life here. Because it says even in Hebrews, even in your death, you will still speak. Because life is not measured by duration, but by donation. What you and I put into somebody will live generationally. I always think about it. I love this story. Can I come down here? Never hit a woman. I never hit a woman. I only hit the best looking guys. Now, look at me. Look at me. I like coming down here. It feels better. I always remember, you know, stories do something for me. They ignite me because I can feel the story. feel the heart of it. This old 80-year-old Scottish pastor pastored the same church in Scotland, little church, country church, for 60 years. Don't you love that? Just faithfulness. No big thrills about it. Just stayed with it. One day his denominational leaders came to him and they wanted him to retire. He said, I don't want to. They said, how long are you pastored? He said, 60 years. How old are you? 80. You're too old. So they decided to create a criteria to measure his value. We create criteria to measure people's value that God never does. And it's usually based on two things, numerically and financially. And that becomes our criteria to determine worth. And God doesn't see it that way. So he said, how many converts have you had this year? He said, one. One. That's it? Yeah. There's a little Scottish town. They said, well, who was it? Was it a, was it a, a, a businessman? He can add finances. And I said, no. Was it a politician? 
He, he could create influence. No? Well, who was it? Oh, I was a nine-year-old boy. What? What? Por qué? A nine-year-old boy. Yeah, he said his parents are so poor, they can't even feed them, so they asked us to raise them. Oh, they said, that's terrible. He's the leader. They're ter terrible. They said, he's, 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 he's taking from the church because you've got to feed him. Of what value is he? That Scottish pastor wouldn't give up. They retired him, but he raised that little boy. All children grow up. That's a revelation right there. That little guy grew up. His name was Robert Moffat. That might not mean a lot to you unless you're from South Africa. But Robert Moffat was the first European missionary that set foot in the southern half of the continent of Africa. From Cape Town up north, he began to work. He spent 30 years. Story doesn't end there. He came back one day. He left Africa, came back to England. He was giving a speech to 232 young men and women. They're in a small auditorium. He began to tell of his journeys, tell of his experience after 30 years of living in Africa. Back then, it was, it was rugged, rugged. And he said this. He said, I've just returned from the northern parts of Africa. You have to get that powerful. See, sometimes you can say things and they bypass everybody and just hit one. I don't want that to happen. I want, I want these words to linger. Let something grip you today. He said, I've just returned from the northern parts of Africa where I've seen the smoke rise from a thousand villages a day that have never heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. When those words left his lips, they seemingly bypassed that entire group of young people and they moved to the back row, second row to the back. One young man in his mid-20s was there. And those words entered his heart and began to light a fire. God's word is a fire, a sword, and a hammer. And those words begin to burn. Sometimes they burn, sometimes it breaks, and sometimes it pierces. And those words ignited on the inside of that young man. And he said underneath his breath, I will go. His name the world knows as David Livingston, the greatest missionary that ever walked the planet. He married Robert Moffat's daughter, Mary Moffat, spent 32 years, died in Zambia on a kneeling position with open ulcers on his feet. When the Africans found him, he was so loved in the continent of Africa that they carried his body 1,000 miles from Zambia all the way to, all the way to Zanzibar, Dar es Salaam. Uh, Tanzania, uh, not, not, not Zanzibar, 1,000 miles, longest funeral procession in the history of the world. They honored him. England got word that the great missionary statesman, explorer, David Livingston had died. They said, send his body back to England. The Africans said, no. They said, send it back. They said, no. So they cut his chest open, pulled out his heart, pulled out his entrails, and said, London can have his body, but his heart belongs to Africa. My God, everything that's happened in the continent of Africa from that day to this is because of one Scottish pastor that touched one young man that fed him, loved him, 
brought him into his home, gave him his heart, and that started a process that continues with the millions and millions and millions of souls that have been saved throughout the continent of Africa today. All hinges back because even in your death, you will still speak. Find somebody this year and pour your life into them. Find that one and give them what you've got. Amen. Sit down, sit down, sit down. I ain't finished. One more point. He said, I love, you got to end this. He said, I press. I press, I press, I press. I press. There's got to be. See, there, there's got to be a rudder in life. There's got to be something that, that moves me in the right direction. It's too easy in Western culture to start out good and get bad. It's too easy to get convoluted. It's too easy to get distracted and get all these other things clamoring for attention, clamoring for my life. I brought a guy years ago to the island of Vanuatu out in the South Pacific to the southern part of that island. It's got 13 major islands in the nation of Vanuatu, 150 languages. I brought him to the island of Tana, cannibalism. What a place to go. I sent a young guy there one time for a year. Came out of Bible college. He said, what do you think I ought to do? And I said, I'm going to put you on a plane. I'm going to send you for a year with cannibals. You'll never be. He did. He's still alive. He got engaged to a girl from Finland before he left. And yeah, 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 great, great story. But anyhow. And this pastor told me after four days, he said, I had forgotten why I got into ministry to begin with until I saw these people that have nothing to offer financially, but what they offer is their heart. We lose the why. Why am I here? Why are you here? Why are you married? Why are you doing what you're doing? When we lose our why, we'll lose our way. We lose our way. I was raised in Northern California in the San Francisco Bay Area. Don't hold it against me. We always look down on Southern California. Man. So when I was a kid, during the summer, I would cut people's uh, lawns. They gave me two bucks. Front and, front and back. I had my own lawnmower, my own fuel, give you two bucks. So I'm cutting this guy's grass. I never forgot it. I'm in his backyard cutting his grass. And he had an orange tree. And I remember looking at it. And they were the sickest, puniest oranges. I mean, little, little, little wrinkled oranges. And I thought, something's wrong with this thing. So I looked at the base of the tree. And fruit trees out of the base will grow suckers. That's what they call them, suckers. They grow right out of the base. And they're well-named. Because they look just like the, they, they're part of the fruit tree. But they suck the life out of the tree. And they're incapable of producing fruit. So I went home and got an axe. An axe. Didn't ask anybody. And I crawled up underneath that tree and I killed the sucker. Threw it over the fence. The next year, I never forgot, the next year I'm mowing that guy's grass and the oranges. Big. Sometimes, today, in a few moments, we're going to kill the suckers. There's things, there's, 
There's distractions that suck your life. There's things that just, I'm trying to do this, 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 this. You're spinning plates. And you got to cut those things out and say, why am I here? What is the most important things that I should be doing? I'm getting rid of the past. I'm going to cut the suckers out of my life. When I cut those things out, then fruit, good things will start coming back. Stand up with me. Stand up with me. Stand up with me. Stand up with me. I want you just to bow your head and open your heart for a moment. This is so important. Just bow your head with me and open your heart to God. If you're here and you would say on the inside, I'm, 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 I'm not right with God. I, 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 don't know, I don't even know if I have this personal relationship with Jesus. I've, I've, heard, I've come in here. I've heard the, the music. but I know him historically, but I don't know if I know him personally. Or maybe you do, but you've walked away. This is your opportunity. In a few moments, I'm going to count to three. And when I do, that's your signal to God to instantly raise your hand and say, I need prayer. I want that. I want to begin this year with a relationship with Jesus Christ. Get your hands ready right now. Get them ready. Get them ready. One, listen to me. The Bible said today is the day of salvation, not yesterday. Not tomorrow. Right now, whatever I'm going to do for God, I've got to do today. You don't know him. You've walked away from him. You want to come back. Get ready. Two. Jesus did not die in a closet. He died on a hill. He said, if you deny me before man, I'll deny you. But if you acknowledge me, I'll acknowledge you. If I'm going to serve, I'm going to serve him publicly. I'm going to acknowledge him publicly. I'm not ashamed of him because he was never ashamed of me. With your head bowed and your heart open, here we go. If you don't know him, you need to come back to him. Get ready to raise your hand. We're going to pray for you, and we're going to pray together. But this is your signal to God. Get ready. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Free. Put them up right now. All over the auditorium. Put them up and hold them up. Hands, hands. I mean, literally hands everywhere are going up. Hands everywhere are going up across this building. This is tremendous. What a start to the year. Now, I want us to pray. Everyone that raised their hand, as well as everybody else, we're going to pray. It's not what I say, it's what I mean when I say it. God hears the intention and the cry of my heart. So say this out loud, all of us together. And as you say it, picture him, see him, and see yourself giving your life, surrendering your life to Jesus Christ. And he will never disappoint you. Say this out loud with me, all of us together. Oh, God in heaven. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. And I open my heart and I ask you now, Lord Jesus, come into my life. Come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Cleanse me now of all my past. I accept you. I receive you. And from this day forward, I'm going to live for you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Give, a, give God a hand clap. Now listen, 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 listen. It's Shredder Sunday. So if you've got this and you've written on it, the past, the hurts, the disappointments, the bitterness, the regrets, whatever it is, whatever it is, we're going to pray. We're going to start shredding. We're going we're gonna to kill the suckers of yesterday so fruit can be born today. 
I want all of our leadership that needs to come up here on these shredders. Go ahead and come up at this time. We are ready. We're ready. This is so exciting. This is a moment in time. This is a day you're never going to forget. This is a day when the past dies and a new day is born and a future will be created. You look back at this moment as a turning point. Hold your shredder card. Hold your shredder card because the past is about to end. Lord Jesus, we thank you right now. We thank you right now that we're going to cut the umbilical cord of yesterday. We're not going to live thinking about what could have been, should have been, or might have been. We're going to begin a fresh start, a new day. This one thing I do, forgetting those things which are by, reaching for those things, and then pressing towards the prize. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us online. We hope you had a powerful experience. We want to take this time to personally help you navigate the next steps in becoming connected. If you made a decision for Christ today, need prayer, or want more information about our church, go to our website, c3sandiego.com. And if you didn't get a chance to give online during service and would like to contribute financially, you can go to c3give.com and click on the giving option that works best for you. We look forward to hearing from you. See you at church.